Welcome to another episode of the Splitting Hairs Podcast, presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. In this episode of Stacks on Sacks, the guys discuss the quarterfinal matchup with Foe Holy Cross. Splitting Hairs Podcasts are all presented by Drake's Place, Cottonwood Coffee, and are also sponsored by Dakota Iron Equipment, Shenanigans Pub, and Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. Here's your hosts, Kyle and Thomas. Welcome to the Splitting Hairs Podcast. It's good to see you guys. Uh, presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated, it's Kyle and Thomas Stacker again. This is Stacks on Sacks. We appreciate all those uh, who will tune in now or download the podcast audio version um, that'll be coming out tomorrow or this evening, uh, depending on when our team can get that out to you. I uh, just want to do some admin stuff quickly. Um, the holidays are coming up. I'm dressed festively. Um, in honor of that and would love for you guys to check out our sponsors if you're in Bodle, south dakota drake's place is an awesome spot um, to get some good eats um, get some good community and have some jackrabbit themed uh, items as well Um, you can pick up some eats and share those with your friends your family definitely give them a shout out uh, whenever you're out that way cottonwood coffee is our other title sponsor uh, of brooking south dakota obviously they have the bistro they also have Uh, The coffee shop on Main, where you can study, you can get some work done, you can look at some local art, you can just have some good conversation. Or, you know, for stocking stuffers coming up, you can always check out their online ordering platform. You can do subscription services. Um, You can get whatever you like for the Keurig. They have uh, Cottonwood Coffee Pods for that. You can use the exclusive Jackrabbit Illustrated code, that is JI22. On any orders of $10 or more, you'll get 10% off. So check that out. That code is JI22. You can also find Cottonwood Coffee products at Walmarts, local Walmarts and Walmart online by just Googling Cottonwood Coffee Walmart and checking out some local Southern Minnesota and South Dakota Walmarts. So give them a look. But Thomas, how are you doing? Man, I'm all good. I'm ready for this game. I touched down in Brookings yesterday. I'm excited to go to my first Jackrabbit game since I graduated. So, oh, nice. my first one in the Dana Home J game. since I graduated. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, and you're in Brookings. So, what's the weather like? That's that's been a hot topic of conversation uh, over the yeah. past 24 hours or so. They say it's going to be nice tomorrow, but right now it's like four or five inches on the ground, snowing. But I mean, like Coach Lujan said on Twitter, that's football weather, so that ain't no big deal. You already know. Uh, McKnight was shouting out, you know, the football weather too. Football is meant to be played outside. It is strange seeing all these schools, you know, across the country in domes or, you know, just different surfaces. I I miss the grass. I don't know why we can't return to that. It's better for player safety. It is probably harder to maintain. But what are your thoughts on that? You you prefer playing on turf or grass or do you have any preference? I mean, I feel like when you're playing like out here, it's hard to play on grass because like, when you like at a game like this or like a game like, you know, uh, was it that USD game like a while ago? That was like an ice bowl. Like you hit your head on the ground like you're getting crunched. Yeah, <laughs> if it's uh, if it's grass, if it's grass. OK, see, uh, my, my thought was like this would be like concrete that you're playing on, even though it's like because it's like frozen rubber and then there's yeah. concrete underneath it. Right. Yeah, but I mean, like I feel like it's kind of the same difference like with grass just because like like when you play on a grass field and it gets cold like that's also rock hard too so yeah it's like, it, you know, either way you better bring your big boy pants because it's exactly. going to be 
<laughs> this is going to be, you're going to be on ice skates at times. You're going to, you know, Pierre, Pierre went off in this kind of weather against USD a few yeah. years ago. I remember that um, in the, in rabbits are no, no stranger to the tundra. So we're going to be used to this weather. Holy cross played in some, some elements last week as well against New Hampshire. Um, I think that, that kind of, even the playing field, no pun intended for Holy cross, according to a lot of the, the, you know, the people who cover the FCS and specifically the Northeast. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I don't know if it'll be a shock to them. They are in Sioux Falls, just like the spring season because the coaches' offices overlook the field, <laughs> as you can see kind of in our image in the back background here for those watching. They don't want to do their walkthrough because of that. So uh, they choose to do their walkthrough in Sioux Falls. That's common gamesmanship and, and just protecting their – call sheets and things like that. So I understand that completely at the same time. Uh, that's, it's an early get up and, and get out from coming from Sioux Falls in this weather with an 11 a.m. kickoff. What are your thoughts on that? So, yeah, I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on the players for sure. Just cause like now, like I'm already 40 minutes away, 40, 45 minutes away. I got to get up. I got to eat. Like their schedule is going to be like accelerated a ton too. Like, especially cause the game's early and I got to drive a while before that. So I mean, and, and in a way, like, that could be a good thing. Like, their players would be, like, up and ready to go, like, by the time the game gets going. But their schedule is going to be a little bit hectic to start the day. So, I don't know how they're planning uh, mentally-wise. Like, I'm not sure how great they are. So, maybe they adverse that kind of adversity. And, I mean, they uh, accept that kind of adversity. They kind of rise to the challenge. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they're – yeah, I don't think they're not a tough team by any means. I mean, they're 12 and 0 for a reason. Um, I would think the Patriot League would tend to be a little bit down uh, as far as uh, national competition, but you know they've proven they they took out a CAA team, they took out an FBS team. I believe uh, the stats show that they're 29 and one in their last 30. Um, that's pretty impressive. No matter who you are, you gotta yeah. you gotta line up and you gotta get after it. And Sluka, Sluka's kind of tough, right? I mean, you you've you've had some intimate moments with him. What uh what would you say uh it's like in terms of playing him in his style of play? I'd say like him, like their offense like lives and dies by him. Like of course they have like great receivers. Their offensive line is pretty solid, but like he's what makes that whole offense go. And I mean, I think he's a he's a he's a very passionate player and like yeah. you can tell by the way he plays like and that's the way the game meant to be played like you're not supposed to be nice out there you're not supposed to be buddy buddy with everyone so i mean like if i think you're a quarterback and you're rubbing people the wrong way like on the other side like that's a good thing and i believe he's very good at that i i dig that that's a good assessment man you know and you can kind of see that in his kind of how he carries himself his, his swagger a little bit and you know, we're no strangers to that on our side of the ball either. We got our yeah. we got our guy. All he does is seem to win football games, and uh, we're we're glad we're rocking with number eleven because he's built different. Um, now, talking about that in terms of how this team is made up in terms of their physicality, who they live and die by, which is Sluka, and then their coach Bob Chesney. Obviously, he's gotten a lot of acclaim for being a young guy who's really revived. Uh, this program, or I, sh I don't even know if I should say revive, just put them on the, on the national map uh, pretty consistently here over the past few years. He's been getting some run for FBS looks. Uh, I know his name has been in the conversation. Um, he knows how to prepare. I would, I would compare him in terms of coaches we see on a annual basis to like a Farley or a SPAC in terms of his ability to scheme defensively. Yeah. I know we were a little bit 
uh, slow to get off in the spring game offensively. Uh, and then we were able to kind of take over, but they had us for, with a few three and outs there uh, early. What do you think uh, the complexion will look like in this upcoming game? Because um, we were clicking on all cylinders against Delaware from an offensive perspective. Yeah. Uh, and two, like you got to credit their players. Like uh, I think his name is Dobbs, one of their linebackers. Like yeah. he's a dude, you know what I mean? So, and the further you go in the playoffs, like you're not just going to find people that's just going to roll over, you know what I mean? And, you know, when you got a, good team like that, good defense like that. I think where we're going to kind of succeed a little bit is they don't rotate their D line as much. So like, they're like, they're not a bad D line at all, but like their ones kind of take the absolute majority of the reps and like their twos come in when it's like absolutely necessary. So like, you know, I don't think there's going to be a dude that's going to be able to hang with Mason McCormick and all those guys for like four straight quarters. Like I just don't, I don't think anyone in FCS is. So, Absolutely. I mean, Shout out to Mason for getting on another All-American team, and, and, as well as Caleb Sanders, the colonel, the juggernaut and the colonel, checking in, and then Mr. Built Different himself, Mark Gronowski, the goat. Uh, earning soft, sophomore All-American honors as well. So we'd be remiss if we didn't shout those guys out. The goats for real. They are, uh, I'd say, that that group of guys. And, you know, what, what they've been able to lead this team to is special. So, I mean, no one's going to forget this squad, that's for sure. Nope. I mean, they definitely don't forget you and you become legend status when you, you hoist it at the end. And I know that's that's the goal right now. Like I've, I've been seeing a lot of stats thrown around because that's what pundits do this time of year, because yeah. that's what they talk about, because it's interesting. Right. I mean, numbers are interesting. Analytics are interesting. Uh, the best analytic is who wins in January um, on ABC for the Natty. But we're the 29th ranked def or offense overall. Uh, in terms of where we ranked, I believe, during the regular season, or in terms of total offense, I should say. And that's dead last of playoff participants currently. So I find that fascinating because I haven't seen that the past three weeks. I haven't seen a team that looked like the 29th. Um, so, you know, you take that into account and you factor that into how we're playing and the rhythm we're playing at and getting healthy and what you're starting to see as a team that's uh, playing for each other has a lot of continuity. It really looks like doesn't really matter who's getting the ball. I don't even think Tucker may have had maybe one catch last week. I'm not sure. Yeah, Hines did was consistent as all get out per usual. O line was just you know being a bully, bully in a phone booth. You know, <laughs> so when we look at that and we look at the productivity of our defense, um, I think the real question mark throughout the rest of the way. Um, if you're going to have one, because this is a pretty complete team, would just be special teams, not even the yeah. kicking game from a field goal perspective, but our punt game and our punt return game. Because while we have a home run hitter, you know, it, it's kind of like that Sammy Sosa. You're a Chicago guy. I think you're a White Sox fan, though, right? Sox fan, yeah. Me, but, me, I mean, you know, Sosa me is the GOAT, though. So. But Sosa is one of the GOATs. <laughs> I'm a big Hurt guy. I just turned 35. So, so <laughs> shout out to number 35 himself, Frank Thomas, Big Hurt, because that's that's how I feel these days, big and hurt. Um <laughs> So, but back when Sosa played, you know, he'd either hit a home run or he'd strike out, struck out a ton. So that's kind of like, you know, a decent parallel to what we're starting to see in the return game where I would just like to, and it's not, he's, he's been catching punts that are in the air that are, that are catchable, but those, those kind of rugby style rollers, the, the crazy bouncers kind of got to let those go. Right. Unless it's a pure you know, ground ball situation that's going right into the bread basket, right? Is that right. – what's your take on that? 
Uh, it's kind of, I'd say like it's difficult because like, you know, like certain teams, like I'd feel like when you're as good on offense and defense as the Jacks are, like you could afford to like take special teams completely out of the game. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could say, hey, we're just going to, we're not going to try and return anything, right? Like we punt it, like we're just going to get it out of there. But at the same time, like when you have a guy that's as dynamic as uh, Jaden back there and some like – well, you don't want to tell him, like, no, don't go make a play because he's done it so many times before, and he's, like, won us games, like, on those kind of things. So it's yeah. just – it's kind of got to be, like, to his discretion. And, you know, obviously, like, you know, you're coming off, like, a two-week break. Like, you're not – everything's not going to come all together right away. Perfect. Yeah, I, I see that, man. That's a, that's a good way to word it. And it's the same thing, like, with Pierre back in the day, right? Yeah. You don't tell him not to make a jump cut and bounce anything right, right? You, you can kind of you can kind of uh you know caress him console him let him know hey like you know if it's there try to press the a gap but home run hitters you don't you, you can't when you don't possess that talent it is really hard to coach that because they're artists right, right. so Jaden's an artist back there same thing with jackson they're, they're both artists on the field what i would say is when you have it if i'm a coach and i put myself in in coach Diggs' position our defense is so good do not do anything to put our defense in an even more precarious position, right? That that's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. if if you can catch it clean in the air, catch it, get up field, and go. But if I'm Coach Erickson, special teams, I'm like, hey, don't just don't touch the, the ball. Uh, our defense is so stout. Let's lean on them. Don't touch yeah. it if it's chaotic, right? Just spare yourself that. And that's just it's tough because competitors compete, and when you have the talent Jaden does, he he has that unwavering faith in himself. Sometimes the conditions lend themselves to just being really difficult to field it. So yeah, um, that would be my one one thing that I would say. Um, the other thing is Holy Cross is coming in with, I, I believe, eight blocked punts. I would say more so than our return game. This is our biggest question mark as a unit in terms of overall team makeup. Yeah. This phase of the game um, is one where Hunter, and it's not Hunter's punting ability. It's how slow his drops are. He's got to improve that. And I'm sure he has, and I'm sure that was a point of emphasis yeah. because sometimes he just takes a little bit extra time to get it off clean or, you know, whatever the case may be, maybe there's too much leakage, but we have had punts blocked one that materialized into points right away for Illinois state. And that's kind of what had me thinking, okay, schematically, this is very similar to a Farley SPAC situation with coach Chesney on the other side, play good defense, run the ball, try to try to make a game changing play on special teams. Right. So our makeup right here is great. And I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out Ben from the B team. Cause he, he made a great point here. And I want to get your thoughts on this. This is almost Montana state light, right? They like to run the, they like to run the quarterback much, much like the Bobcats do. They play good defense, but you know, they only have 60 scholarships compared to the 63 that, uh, that the FCS level gets uh, that by and large, they only have 60 and they, uh, they play good defense. They're, they're built similarly. They don't have the depth. They don't have probably, you know, quite the top tier talent, but they're not really known to th for throwing the ball to the same degree uh, that a lot of other schools are that we have faced. I would say like in terms of like that, yes, but I would say like Montana state would be like, 
these guys on steroids. Yeah, Not that, like, that, that's what Ben was saying. Yeah, yeah, no, like, for sure. Like Holy Cross is Montana State light. Yeah, so like it, I mean, and just to you know get used to like stuffing quarterback running the kind of stuff that Tommy Malott's going to bring to the table, and you know another physical line coming in. Their D lines, like I think their D lines really good. Yeah, might be one of the best ones we see this year. And exactly. I mean, not to look past these guys whatsoever, but this will be a good like litmus test to see like you know how ready we are to see that kind of stuff. So yep, and I now mean, with this point, so that's great. I'm glad you're seeing it that way because that's you're you've played them. You've played both these squads. You have, you know, great working knowledge. Um, Rick Jensen makes a great point. Dobbs is out this week. He's their stud linebacker. Um, you know, and that's, you hate seeing teams get beat when they're not at full strength, but this yeah. time of year, attrition becomes the name of the game. Your greatest ability is your availability. And yep. the Jacks have, have, have known that all too well, uh, in years past. And yes. right, yeah. And right now we're just kind of hitting our stride with that. Yeah. You know, we have uh, playoff Zay uh, going off. Uh, love to see him tote the rock probably 30 times this week. And, yeah. I, you know, there was another great point. Uh, I want to say it. Uh, someone who covers the draft thought that the offense was going to be more explosive this year. Maybe it was Reddit, FCS. One of those, one of those uh, coverage um, platforms was saying how the Jacks were supposed to be more explosive. They would have expected more. But in reality, I think Luan is just playing to the strengths of the team makeup, which is unbelievable defense. So many quality players on offense. Let's possess the ball and just nullify the other team's strengths. He's playing chess while everybody else wants us to play checkers and play the stat game. So, I, I you know, credit Luan again for just, for sure. you know, really finding his stride, not, not being pressured from the outside noise to, you know, have, have a thousand thousand yard receiving duo, or, you know, you know, that flash that we had with coach Eidsness, which is, you know, no knock yeah. to coach coach Eidsness. Cause he was a wizard himself. Um, but you're not going to see 92 receptions from a Dallas Goddard. I don't think, you know, in and it's like few, few years. like one thing about it is like, you look at teams that like, I'd say the one team that did maybe have that flash that won a national championship was like James Madison. Yep. Like other than that, like North Dakota state, like I hate to mention these guys, but like when they have their games where they beat the crap out of people, like it's not like the craziest, you know, 80 yard bomb here and, you know, huge run there. Like it, a lot of it's just like, we have the ball longer than you and you're not stopping the run. So like, yeah, man. The last time, the last time a wide open uh, spread team won, or an East East, or I'm sorry, a West Coast team won was, I want to say in 2009, the first time in Frisco when Eastern Washington beat Delaware. Um, and so that's that doesn't happen, man. Like people people love these flashy, sexy offenses, and they're fun to watch. They're worth the price of admission, but you, it's it's kind of like you know Randy Moss and Chris Carter. They don't have a ring to show for it those fools could take the top off of any defense, yeah. um, you know, and it's good regional plug there. Everybody loves the Vikings or the Packers <laughs> from up North. Aaron Rodgers won title because they played great defense and they could run the ball a little bit. Aaron Rodgers is best when they can run the rock. I'm sorry, dude, the bears, they won in 85 because they played damn good defense and they could run the rock. So the more things change, the more they stay the same ball control, time of possession, great defense. Um, and field position, you know, and that's the name of the game. The furry cows kind of figured that out and just did what they do. Um, and then Iowa, Iowa's been consistent. 
you know, and the reason they've been consistent is because they do much the same. Um, if they had a quarterback at all or any offensive <laughs> imagination, they probably would have won the Big Ten this year. <laughs> you yeah. never know. For real. Because um, they wasted that defense that we saw up, up close and personal early on this year. So yeah. um, another great point to, to that to kind of put a capstone on it from Jace Hollenbeck. Don't need to score 50 points when you can control time of possession. Grind it down to the red zone and then score points when you get there. Yes, sir. Exactly. Like, bro. Exactly like, right. There's exactly. nothing more demoralizing than that, right? Like you're, like you're, like you see, like oh, like we're only down by three. Like, dude, it's a 15 play drive. Like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, like, I, I think, like, just from a, a a mental standpoint, like that's that's really hard to overcome for anybody. Yeah. You know? it, the coldest game I ever played in, well, two of them. One very similar field conditions to what they'll probably see tomorrow morning. The wind is the worst part when you have snow like this and you have a frozen ground. It's the wind because it's biting. Um, anybody who watched the telecast last week, you'll see the Jacks have their own little uh, outhouse, so to speak. Got a little shit out there. You know, with the, <laughs> with the, what is that? A jet heater? I don't even know. It's like a, uh, yeah, so it's a little space heater in there. Space yeah. heater. It's, it's like a space heater on juice, though, you know, because it's, yeah. it literally, if you get too close, that thing will melt your gloves. It'll, it'll yeah. melt them. Yeah. And if any players watching, don't put your cleats too close to it. It'll melt your, it'll melt the bottoms of your cleats. Oh, you're talking about like the big one on the, the big uh, one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude's had that melt through jackets a couple times. Yeah, bro. It's, it's insane. Like it, it's, it's no joke. You gotta be careful, but when you're so cold, you can't even feel the surface of your skin heat up like that. So you just gotta yeah. be mindful of it. But <laughs> to that, to that point, I don't know if these Holy Cross boys are familiar with that kind of stuff. Like, it is very different uh, what goes into preparing to stay warm, to stay, to stay energized. Like obviously, like in my opinion, cramping this at this late in the year, the body's kind of adapted, but cramping can still happen because you don't know how, how much perspiration you're losing, right? Because right. it is cold. So cramps can be odd in games like this. Um, stingers are different. And like you said, from, from a point of demoralization, tackle Zay. 30 times a game in this in this weather yeah because you're you're falling forward like you're hitting the ground every time you hit the ground you're like ah this again like, i want to see I mean? rugby scrums yeah so i i mean if you come you got to come out and like it's got to be one of those things like and it can't be like you know the fake hype like dude last week like coming out with your shirt off and all I that know. like every time i remember every time we saw someone do that we're like they're worried about the weather like if you Bingo. come out there and do that, you're trying to you're trying to prove a point to me, like the distraction, right? Like like who you who you trying to be tough for? You know what I mean? So I was happy to see the Jacks got after him after that. Like, bro, you're not scaring nobody with your shirtless in like five degree weather. Who cares? One hundred percent, man. Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more with that. And it's kind of like they they did a study on fighters who smile at the uh, pose downs, the stare downs. And those who those who are smiling and like yelling and stuff, they're actually in their own heads, and they tend to lose like a vast majority of the time because they're actually scared. You know what I mean? They're actually <laughs> revealing out in public that they're not really tough. It's kind of fake tough. So I like keeping the main things the main things, and uh, I love that the Jacks did that last week. So looking forward to more of that tomorrow morning. Sure. We should tell y'all it is a nationally televised game. Don't want anyone to miss that out of out of the ordinary a little bit, but something we've grown accustomed to is uh, getting at least one nationally televised game in the playoffs. It's on the main ESPN uh, network at 11 a.m. Central Time tomorrow. 
Again, that's 11 a.m. Central Time tomorrow, quarterfinals game. Holy Cross visiting Brookings, South Dakota to take on the number one overall seed. Again, Holy Cross is the number eight seed for those of you just tuning in, uh, getting a nice little bump in, in viewers here. Um, we are taking on the number eight seed, no slouch, Holy Cross uh, out of uh, the Patriot League. So, or is it the Pioneer League? Uh, I think it's the Patriot League. Pioneer League, I think those are non-scholarship. Yeah, those are the non-scholies. Or it's, yeah. re- or it's reversed. It's one, two. Yep. One of the P's. Right. <laughs> it's – uh. It's interesting though, because uh, you know, for for all those who can check out the Argus Leader article from Zimmer, he did do. Uh, it is the Patriot League. Thank you, Rick. Um, it is the Patriot League, so we were correct on that. Um, but they've been dominant in that league. You know, they're they're the cream of the crop out of that league consistently lately. Um, an FBS win is an FBS win. I would like to be able to play <laughs> some guarantee games against these G G five schools, Group of five schools. For those yeah. who aren't aware of what that means. Um, the non-Power 5 conferences, so the Power 5 would be Pac-12, SEC, Big 10, Big 12, and the ACC. So, so you get a max. Buffalo is not in the MAC, right? So Yeah. So, and I, like, you know, I feel like, yeah, like this, like this is a good squad because, like, I mean, you know, a lot of teams in that conference are really like that. But, you know, I – I say it's going to take a lot more than a Mac win to scare the Jacks. I'll put it that way. Absolutely. I mean, we get we get two more field goals against Iowa. We're taking down Power Five Iowa, right? You know, and just just kind of crazy, uh, kind of crazy way that game sh- shook out. But you know, eleven game win streak currently, chance to win more games than than we've ever have in South Dakota State history. That's just Which kind of a nuts. fun little, you know. <laughs> uh tidbit um won't really matter uh if the ultimate prize isn't secured but still worth noting because not a lot of teams are able to kind of reach that pinnacle uh in the sport so um worth noting and then some other things worth noting uh now that we've covered the jacks uh holy cross a little bit we're going to get our predictions in here players of the game uh, and stuff like that but we do want to cover some interesting news out of the subdivision itself uh, with some coaching changes and some potential conference uh, shakeups. So, uh, but first, who do you got in this? What do you like in terms of score predictions? Uh, I'll go like 35-10. And I, that 10, I'm just saying that just to say it. Like, I mean, because, but I could very well see the Jacks putting a goose egg on these guys again. And we, we keep bringing it. It's no disrespect to these other programs. We just have watched yeah. what the Jacks have been able to do this year. And uh, it's pretty remarkable um, uh, what their defense has been able to do again. Shout out to coach Rogers. Um, really, uh, really want our alumni to, to look at doing whatever we can to, to try to secure him from a financial standpoint, even more in his, in his counterparts all over the defensive side of the ball whether, you know, it be Coach Smith, Bobbitt. I mean, look at what, what Coach Smith has done with the chain gang. I mean, yeah, just nasty. In terms yeah. of the development, the skill set, the, their technicians, you know, he – he. I don't know if it's Coach Rogers and him in tandem, but they're ro- they roll guys in appropriately. Just really, really good stuff. And then Coach Bobbitt has really secured the secondary, like for real, like done a really yeah. good job. Back I there. mean, you could tell. Like they – 
Yeah. It's the same. It's virtually the same guys out there. It, yeah, same guys, and they're playing at a completely different level. Yeah, and and really a lot of youth too. So you can't say that it's just, you know, oh they're older now and you know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, dude, like you look at someone like I, someone that I don't know that we talk about enough is Tucker Large. Like exactly. we don't talk about him enough. Yeah. Dude, like the the amount of stuff he was able to do this year, and you know, coming in as a walk on and being asked like so much of him, like I am extremely impressed yeah he's you know he didn't he get honorable mention in the valley i think so i think he got some honorable mention reckoning we we we, man how dare us for not talking about him enough i'm not sure if if matt and chad or or the b team talk about him but he definitely needs to get more play he's like the defensive version of mike morgan that swiss army knife you know i mean and there have been so many swiss army knife type guys on the defense this year, you know, whether it be Stallbird, safety, yeah. kind of playing that rover, that hybrid type position, whether it be, you know, who we need to talk about too, Savion Williamson. My goodness. Oh, yeah. That oh, dude. And I love it because he's from South Central Minnesota. He played at Wasika. Oh, yeah. Wasika was one of my high school's uh, kind of rivals. They they were, I think we bumped up a class and they stayed down, but um, good, good school, good squad. Um, he's just really taking his game up since his injury in the natty, the spring natty. And, and he was really coming on then too. So really excited to see his progression and growth and his contributions and nothing's guaranteed. Right. So him getting on the field and just making the most of his opportunity. Yeah. And I'd say like, you know, seeing just the, the confidence he plays with, like, you know, you see some guys that might go out and they play kind of timid and they're like, okay, like feeling things out. Like when he goes out and plays, like he's playing, like he belongs there. And, um, I could say, like, you know, just that's credit to, you know, how hard all those guys work. Uh, coach Rogers as a as a linebacker coach, like, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a team with, like, this many good linebackers. You know what I mean? Like, with the yeah. injuries you've had this year and, you know, the guys that you've had to roll in, move out of position and, you know, have guys play, you know, Mike's playing Sam and Sam playing safety. Like, it's just incredible to see, like, and not even, like, to overstate the point, like, this is something like that is not common. Like, you no. know, I don't know if like Jack's fans know that or not, but like you're seeing like some incredible level of like linebacker play. I mean, that in coaching, man. So like we, we say, Oh, Jimmy's coaching his adjustments. Think of how difficult it is to not only coach, then get that, get, then get these guys who are playing all different types of positions to buy in then understand the scheme and their responsibility as they're changing all these roles, then to play as hard as they play down in and down out. That is, that is not common, man. like right. not common at really any level, but let alone the FCS level because of the depth, the caliber of player. I mean, we're a blue blood in FCS. We have been for almost a decade now. So, but you can't take that for granted. That just doesn't happen. Right. Um, especially with all the injuries we've had and, and, and the guys missing time and just wait because there may or may not be a guy returning to the lineup this week. So um, he's an absolute dog and we'll see what happens with that. I think it's nuts that like, you know, you have, like you said, like having guys like that bought in where like, you know, and it, it's late in the season. Like it's not like Savion's playing like week two, right? right? Like, you know, you find a lot of guys in other places um, or like guys of lesser character that would be like checked out by then. By the time they get that, it'd be like, oh man, like it's about time I get to play. Like, like, but I mean, just seeing someone just being that bottom of the program and just stepping up the way he did when he did, like, 
Man, it was needed. He he's literally he literally over the past few weeks has kind of been an MVP, like a, a big time MVP. Like he's making plays that he kind like he just get he's covering so much range and so much ground. He just gets the guy down, or he contributes to hitting uh, uh, NDS or the uh, North Dakota running back and helping contribute to a fumble. I think Re- Winkleman popped it out, yeah. but you know his involvement in that play is just you know really helping uh each level right because then the secondary can kind of play softer when they need to they can come up when they need to and fill and they don't have to they're not guessing and then you have you know the guys on the edge can do their thing the more pressure we're putting on the quarterback so it's really just great to see a complete team effort at every level and that's kind of what you continue to see in all these publications it's like they're pretty solid at every level Uh, the guy on the color commentary last week uh his name escapes me, but he was roommates with Goddard at the senior bowl, uh, NFL tight end, uh, great tight end at, at, I want to say UMass. Um, but he, you know, he hit the nail on the head where there's really not too many weaknesses across the defense for the Jackson. Instead of continuing to be homers, um, I would say that, you know, some areas that, that Stig always is a, a bit, cautious of and doesn't doesn't really like to see is the QB run game and that has been our weakness uh, historically against Montana State we were absolutely exposed and I think you know you tell me about that and and I'm not coming down on you, on you directly or anything like that no, I, uh, well, I mean but I get it though and that they just had a damn good scheme and you know I think it, it, our offense could have done us some more favors in that game I think the miles may have not I get to I can make excuses for you guys I wasn't there those miles may have got caught up with you a little bit because you're going from Cali weather back to, you know, to I, I PA make, weather. To- yeah, like, I don't want to make any excuses. Like I, and I will say, like, I, I do think, you know, that that team was good. And yeah. I time a lot. We hadn't seen a lot of them, like, yeah. on the year. So, I mean, we kind of went in not knowing what to expect. So, like, you know, it was kind of – it's kind of rough. Like, he does a good job. Like, he did a good job of getting the ball out fast when he was throwing. You have an NFL wide receiver who was making plays. Um their offensive line was good at what they did. Um, I thought Tommy was good at, you know, it wasn't like it would be like, oh, it's counter. It's supposed to hit like right here. Like he would do like Pierre does and like bounce it a lot. So like, you know, if you over pursue, like you're going to get beat on that. And I think, you know, that was probably a good lesson for our team. And, you know, seeing something like that from, you know, a team other than like North Dakota State or someone you'd expect like QB run from, um, I think, you know, they've, they've learned from that. And, but yeah. I'd be lying through my teeth if I said I wasn't hoping for maybe just a different matchup, just because I do think Vegan knows how to scheme us in terms of matchup to maybe more his advantage. But I think the Jacks are just hungry. I think I think this is the year. You know, this is yeah. the year. So, um, and you know, right here, this is a great point uh, by Darren, listener of the pod, friend of the pod. No way they can handle our depth. He thinks we'll pull away quite significantly in the second half. I definitely, yeah, I agree. And, and Darren, again, <laughs> great point. Troy Anderson last year, absolute savage. Yeah, yeah, a I, was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say like, yeah, they had like great players across the board. And like, not mm-hmm. to say like, uh, you know, that was a good team that we lost to, but like at the same time, like, it doesn't mean like, yeah, they should have how that game played out is how it should have shook out. But I thought yeah. he was really good. I thought their uh, their D line across the board was really good. 
Yep. I mean, like, you know, those are some dudes that, like they really didn't get as much shine as they probably should have. That they didn't. You know, they kind of flew under the radar a bit there and then they kind of emerged. Well, I mean, they had they had to go through I mean, they lost to Montana, so that kind of stuck them in a precarious position to have to travel to Sam Houston. But then when they knocked them off, they were really starting to hit a stride similar to the Jacks uh presented last week against Delaware, uh clicking on all cylinders um and really flexing their muscles. So that that was like that was a, oh, shoot. Um, and then them earning that home game, that kind of shows you uh, the necessity of earning such a high seed and the fact that we're the number overall, number one overall seed this year is so crucial to, to so many things, uh, not the least of which is this. Scott Rust couldn't be more accurate here. The 12th man, a.k.a. Jackrabbit Nation, needs to show up and be loud on Saturday so we can make a difference. Absolutely. There's no, there's, I mean, there's two games left. Yeah, honor these like, dudes what else are you that, doing there's one game left guaranteed but go honor them yeah what like what are we doing guys like you know you're not that busy like it's not that fun like come on now it is so reassuring to see the student section full man it is yeah. so reassuring to see false starts created by the by the the atmosphere and the crowd and like i'll never forget my 70 year old grandparents coming to my game against north dakota the last one of my junior year I want to say it was like negative six with the wind chill. Um, there was like frozen snow on the ground, on the grass. Like the grass was f- frozen with like icicles and stuff. Um, you could hear the crunch as you walked through. So if my 70 year old grandparents could like, you know, huddle up in the stands at the old Coughlin. I think people can enjoy the amenities and right. huddle up and uh, maybe have some adult beverages if they're 21. <laughs> Um, and really get raucous for the Jacks. No, for sure. And look, like we said, if you don't show up to these games, I don't want to hear it. Yep. <laughs> I don't Say that again it. for louder for the people in the back. If you don't show up to these games, I'm not trying to hear it. Save it. <laughs> That's right. You can't criticize if you don't have skin in the game. That's kind of right. our mantra here on the uh, stacks on sacks segment. So also, if you can say that five times fast, we'll give you a gift card. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now that we've, you've kind of got your predictions, you said 31, 10, 35, 10, 35, 10. I like that. I like that in the spring season, it was 31 to three. And I think, so I think this contest, it'll be interesting to see if the weather does create an equal, like an an equal playing field, so to speak. But I I just think the Jack's depth, like Darren said, is going to be too much. It'll be interesting to see how we attack them, what their game plan is. I'm going to go 35-3. Uh, 30, uh, no, I'm going to go 35-14. I, I always like to give a little bit more respect because you just don't know how these games are going right. to shake out. Like, um, and I'd love to be wrong. Like, guys, goose egg them. Like it, yeah, same possible. here. I'd love to be wrong. I just think yeah. four, 14 points. I, I think this team is pretty good. They're improved, but, you know, the depth is going to take over, I believe, in the conditions and the travel and all that. And then in terms of players of the game, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, I think it, it just being former defensive lineman and then switching over to the H-back fullback, I understand how difficult it is to tackle very quality running backs, and we have two of them. And I, yeah. I, the choo-choo train himself is going to – he arrives at 11 a.m. and he's going to arrive with a fury. So we'll yeah. see. I think I, Isaiah Davis is going to be uh, the player of the game on the offensive side of the ball. And then uh, who you got on offense? And then we'll go D. Uh, just to pick someone different. Uh, 
I'll go. I'll go Mark. In case we get the QB run game going and on offense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Defensively, yeah, I like that. You know, when Mark, when Mark gets off with his legs, you know, good things happen for yeah. the Jacks. Like whenever he gets in that fifty-yard range, Jacks win. Advantage yeah. Jackrabbits, as Stig would say. Defensively, I'm going to go with Savion Williamson. I think it's uh, it's on brand for this pod, and also it's it's been on brand for how he's played the past couple games. So, yeah. I, we really I, want to uh, keep that trend going because also we don't know how how much run some of these other guys uh, are going to get that may or may not come back. I'll have to agree with you there. Like I, I'll give my man's roses, dude. He's, he's been balling. I expect nothing to change this week. So, yes, sir. Um, and then, you know, I think Dustman's going to do his job again. He's been doing it really well and he's clutch. Hopefully it never comes down to it, but he's been doing some good things. Hopefully he, his get offs are quicker on the, on the old punt unit because again we've talked about holy cross and the crusaders being quite good at pump block so i'm sure they'll have something up their sleeves now that we covered that that's going to be some exciting exciting stuff again it's on espn at 11 a.m central time want to get to some exciting news uh exciting kind of depends on your your framing of it but that's yes apparently the whack and the a sun combo deal um are allegedly looking to move their entire conference up uh, with about 10 other members in agreement to FBS. Thomas, what do you think about that? Um, You know, when you're, when you're kind of just playing just to play and, you know, you're not really getting a whole lot of that love with the FCS playoffs. And I, and I get it. Cause you're like, bro, like, what am I even doing this for? Like, if, I'm, if I'm never in the playoffs, if I'm not making any noise at this, like, I'd probably end up just getting better recruits. Like if I were just FBS, like, and I, I get that logic. So like, I'm not going to trip on that, but like, you know, cause it's like being a part of FCS without any of the benefits. Yeah. So like from, from that logic, I can understand as like an AD. You're like, okay, like this is, this isn't going anywhere. Let's and, just make more money. In fr- yeah, more money. Exactly. From a monetary standpoint, that's what it boils down to. Right. Because, if, if, if you're an AD and you're looking at wins and losses and you're kind of in that average to slightly above average range consistently, your donors and your fan base are going to start to get restless or they're going to start to view your program as stale. The, one of your greatest marketing arms is your hoops teams, male, female, and then your football squads, right? Football, because generally speaking, there's no other event, especially in some of these smaller markets that are going to draw 20, 30,000 people every Saturday and then more eyes than that when they're looking at the telecasts. So if you can get a decent TV deal, that's what they're looking at. You get million prop millions in profit sharing that can be dispersed among the members. Again, this is football only. So there's not a huge burden that would be shared among travel costs for non-revenue generating sports. So those would be like swimming, golf, uh, softball, baseball, sports like that. Uh, and then, you know, track and field. And then you look at other other aspects of it where if you're not making the FCS playoffs, and for those of you who don't know, generally speaking, the FCS playoff runs lose money uh, for universities because you put in for your bids. We all saw some of that <laughs> on Twitter, the controversy of the bids um, where North Dakota put up a ton of money and lost out to uh, Weber. 
Weber State, who put up. I still think that's hilarious, by the way. It, it is quite hilarious. <laughs> it is quite hilarious. Um, all within the letter of the law, but still just kind of uh, kind of a curveball there for, for the F and Hawks fan base. Um, so I can empathize with them. We've been there before, but, you know, the best way to combat that is to try to be a higher seed. And so you don't have to worry about it. The interesting part, though, Thomas, with all this stuff is like, all right, what's going to happen with FCS ball as a whole in terms of the subdivision? Because the reality is, is it, it's kind of taken a step back in the, in the competition level play has been watered down specifically in the past year in some change because of the departures of JMU. Oh, JMU, you know, they're not going to be able to compete. FCS isn't real ball. Take a look. Just go ahead and take a look. James Madison had no problems there. And, and really, the FBS doesn't quite care so much about your ability to compete at that level as it is create eyeballs and revenue, right? And what's your market look like from a media perspective? That's why the Big Ten added Rutgers. They're in the Northeast. That's why the Big Ten added the Penn State brand way back in the day. Northeast, great media market, huge football tradition, good value add. Same thing with Nebraska, huge football tradition, regional footprint. Now they're adding USC and UCLA. So the regional footprint doesn't make any sense. You're starting to see this FBS, you know, Richter scale type effect where everything is shifting. The, the, the soil is shifting. Nobody really knows who's going where. So now it's kind of a, I guess I'd say free for all, so to speak, where people are like, well, shoot, if the FCS is watered down, playoffs aren't a revenue generator. What are we going to do? And so I think it's kind of interesting, Stacks. We were talking about like a snow belt conference. Yeah, I, I like the idea. And like, you know, you're taking most of the heavy hitters in FCS and, you know, like the winner of that conference would and it and essentially be like the national champion. So like, and, and see, that's what I'm saying. So like if you if you boil it down, who are the cream of the crop that are constantly in it? It was North Dakota State. Sam Houston, James Madison, South Dakota State, Montana State, those you, you can kind of plug and play one of those others, right? Yeah. So I mean, if that's if that's been the reality over the past five, six years, I mean, are you really missing out if you don't include the Pioneer League, the SOCON, the you know, what was it, the big South conference yeah. for a while? I mean, literally, I can't even name them. It's just because they only have maybe one school that can compete. Like, look at Kansas, uh, Kansas State, Kennesaw State. They're FBS now too. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean like, you know, I'm not gonna talk about any. You know, <laughs> run a triple option, like, okay, is this high school? Like, <laughs> but you know, good on them. You know, if they could draw that revenue, like, good on them. So, yeah. I mean, you played, I played at uh, Montana, never at Montana State. You played at Montana State twice. And then we both played at all Dakota. Well, I haven't played at North Dakota, but I played against them. Um, never played against South Dakota. They're the ones that really couldn't hang probably at this current state in time. Uh, I'm going to tell you like this. Hell no. Like, yeah. they would be getting like. Yeah, everybody, I mean, but every conference needs, you know, inevitably yeah, someone needs to finish last. Bag. It just happens yeah. to be that the Yotes would consistently finish last yeah. in that makeup. <laughs> um, but man, can you can you imagine that though? Montana, I mean, Montana State, North Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota were, State, and South Dakota. Throw in St. Thomas. I was tweeting out, throw in St. Thomas. You know, they got plenty of money. 
they're they got a they got a good yeah. uh regional area it wouldn't be tough travel for any of these schools um i mean just getting to montana and getting to the dakotas but that's nothing like if yeah. it's if it's football only are you you kidding me i would yeah. love to, i would go to any of those games and see that's the thing when south dakota state has some of these other non-conferences coming to brookings they 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 should want to come to south dakota state but they know they're going to get trounced yeah. And then also like, it's not a, they're not that great of a program traditionally. So something's the rubber is going to meet the road here soon. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those deals where, you know, the, just the level of play, I think, of course, the Missouri Valley conference is the best conference in FCS. Yeah. I think we could say that like pretty handily, like, you know, then, you know, it'd be, you can't, you can't have no off weeks. If you have like North Dakota state, Montana state, Montana, like that would be like, a freaking insane schedule. That's what I love. And that and that's what that's what needs to happen because if 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 you're going to move to this FBS type type style or or if cuz the FCS is incentivizing you better you better schedule cupcakes, right? Because UC Davis was punished for having quality schedule, quality non-conference schedule. They had us, they had Cal, they had uh well Sac State, they had to play anyway. They had to play Montana State. They, you know, their their intra-conference schedule was yeah. tough. Um, they played one other tough school that was highly ranked. Um, but any, at any rate, you you see the proof in the pudding because they're gonna re- they rewarded some of these other schools that didn't play, didn't really play a tough out of conference schedule, you, right? You Your see, Montana's yeah, um, you see you see that a lot. Like, and I, and I mean, you know, I didn't come on here to trash committee, yeah. Right? No, no. But but like you know, I feel like some of these games, like in some of these teams, like you got to like legit like see who they play because I'd say in FCS, like it's so top heavy. So like you're going to, you know, let's say uh, how like UND or what was it? SIU was like one of the first ones out. Yeah. Right. Like you got to look at that schedule versus like someone who's just played like absolutely no one all year. Cause I'm like, you're punishing like SIU's probably beating like, you know, some of these squads that are, six and five out of another conference you know well I mean? youngstown for instance youngstown could have made it i mean they stubbed their toe here and there but that turnaround with what that coach did and i mean even them they're getting they're getting some run at potential you know mac jumping up to the mac because yeah. they, they're more local to them than they are the missouri valley that's one of the farther trips for us you know and yeah. i think i think the interesting thing is the committee, the committee always has kind of an untenable situ- position that they're in. I don't think they did a bad job at all this year, really. I mean, yeah. I think I think the biggest question mark kind of was what happened to Montana State, really. Like, why did NDSU get a higher seed? I like that we weren't on the same side of the bracket. I'm sure that has a lot to do with Larson being the AD yeah. and the fact that Jacks have traveled plenty to Fargo uh, because of regionality and us not being a seed. So, yeah. Now it's time for some of the other big sky schools to have to endure that as well. Um, and they did. And so we'll, we'll see what, you know, Montana state emerged from that. Weber was a great team that they had to face. And then they, they took care of business um, as most of the home teams tend to do in that. Yeah. But you look at the FCS as a whole, it's like, because they need participation and buy-in and they need the collective subdivision to be intact. They got to let some of these for lack of a better word, just blatantly weaker conferences um, to pl- into the party. And see how it is. <laughs> yeah, right, wrong, and different. That just yeah. waters down the product that you that you see. 
And I think that coupled with the dollars and coupled with the shifting landscape is, is cause for jumping. And yeah. I'm telling you right now, Washington Grizzly Stadium against NDSU for the FCS kickoff uh, in week zero a few years ago, that, that was rocking. That was an exciting watch for just a fan of the football brand. South Dakota State at Montana in the playoffs in 15 was sick to watch. Taron Christian, you know, Dallas Goddard, Jake Winicky. Um, you look at, we played Montana State in 18. You had Vinatieri, uh, you know, Chase Vinatieri on the fake field goal tucking in scoring. Yeah. And you had Goddard in that game. And, you know, you have in, in 21 in the playoffs, you had some, Pierre Strong Jr., who's now with the Patriots, leaving dudes jockstraps on the field. Troy Anderson, draft pick. I mean, Tucker was going crazy. Tucker, that game too. Tucker, you, Tucker went off in that game. Yeah. You know, Caleb Sanders, yourself, you're, you know, it's just the storylines are there. And then you got NDSU and JMU. Well, JMU's gone. NDSU, SDSU, that's yeah. legitimately the marker game is a sick rivalry. And let's say NDSU decided to go independent and jump FBS because we all know what their history has been like in FCS. You don't have that marker game anymore. That that trophy game gets shelved, and that's one of the that's that's become iconic. You know, that's become a college game day uh, level draw. So you look at that, and then you look at North Dakota. That's Mark. That's Mark's only FCS loss. You know, so yeah. I mean, just the storylines are rich, and then you look at the 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 joke of a last second play, uh, you know, against the, the outhouse down South. Yeah. So, I mean, the storylines are there, man. And then you throw in St. Thomas to the mix, a team that got kicked out of their conference because they were slapping teams around so bad that yeah. not only did they not even go D2, they jumped to FCS. Come on, man. Yeah. That's a snow belt conference. If I've ever seen one right there, yeah, that, that would be fun to watch, especially yeah. when it gets later in the year. <laughs> Yes, sir. So I mean, I know I'm in sales, but I feel like I highlighted some objective factors there. That would be you talking. You're talking about Trey Lance. You're talking about dudes who were drafted literally in the top five picks. And like, yeah. come on, man, you're telling me that all these all these storylines and all these traditions and all like the scenic background of the Montanas and, you know, St. Thomas there in St. Paul and Minneapolis. Come on, man. Let's get this going. So man, they almost not like cash, man. <laughs> I know, right? Like in Leon like Costello, good. you know, he he's the AD for Montana State. He was formerly at South Dakota State, so he's intimate, intimately knowledgeable about both programs. Um, Montana came out one of the Montana schools today, uh, saying that they're not, you know, they're not bound to the Big Sky for a lifetime. So, you know, I think yeah. you're starting to see some some toes dabbling in the water here of what what is to come for the future of football and and i'm just excited to see what happens because not so much the chaos but for the potential you yeah. know for sure yes sir and i think it'd be you know good exposure for you know some of these teams that nationally sometimes don't get as much love as they should and like a lot of these players like you know local players from areas like montana and stuff like that and you know local players from out here guys who are in the nfl now but you know great players from areas that aren't as populated right like get that shine too i think that would be dope that's an excellent point yeah and that that's something that definitely needs to be considered i didn't even consider that but that that's probably the biggest uh value add from a from a regional standpoint like you really get those Troy Anderson stories and, you know, the Dallas Goddard stories from Britain, Hecla, like what, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, man, 
this the excitement like i got goosebumps thinking about what could be um but it has to happen people have to have the courage to 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 kind of dabble out and, and be a pioneer and, and create new ground and i mean the people literally of montana and south dakota and north dakota did that <laughs> they literally live in a place that you probably shouldn't live <laughs> if we're being <laughs> honest it's freaking frigid tundra but yeah. If they pioneer that, I think they can pioneer a, a jump to the FBS and get creative with it. We'll see. But we we should highlight some other things, I think, because uh, I want to create some chaos. But also, I like <laughs> I like it from a from a from a standpoint of like how damn good of a football coach this guy is. Uh, Troy Taylor, head coach of Sac State, also because their fan base like to uh, they were taking shots at us all year, and then they they enjoyed that number two seed, which I think was fitting. Um, but he's likely going to take the Stanford head coaching job. I mean, that dude has won three big sky titles. They have an insane overall record. They finally got their first playoff win um, last week. So that's constantly stepping in the right direction, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I believe they play incarnate word tonight at nine 30 on ESPN plus. So Upset alert. I think upset alert. Upset alert. That Lindsey Scott is a baller. <laughs> Granted, and, uh, that, that pass, like, it's cool that it worked out like that, but that, like, come on now, bro, like that. I mean, that was gutsy, right, to yeah. say the least. Gutsy, and sometimes, you know, it's better to be lucky than good. You know, talking yeah. to Coach Rogers over the years, like, the way you win titles is sometimes better to be lucky than good. Uh, you know, a lot of things have to line up for you. The stars have to align, and – um on that play, it certainly did. So for yeah. those of you who don't know, Lindsey Scott Jr., I want to say, is the quarterback for Incarnate Word. And their game last week was getting rushed and falling back, you know, on his back. Throws the ball up. Honestly, it's a great – it might be one of the better passes I've seen yeah. in terms of getting enough strength on it to, to score. Um, and then his guy found it and for six. So he's a playmaker. He uh, He's put up stats. He's put up – all types of things. And, and we, we got also highlight GJ Kenny. He's going to be the head coach at Texas state. So they're going to make a run. You're And so coach Hill, the head coach of Weber state, for those who don't know, he just took a defensive coordinator position at BYU. There's huge shakeups, huge voids in the FCS emerging. Like we, we saw it last year um, with, with some guys shuffling around, but now we're starting to see that on top of teams leaving. There's a huge, huge ripple effect that we're seeing this year in terms of change. So Troy, hopefully he takes that job because, um, you know, it would be nice just to, yeah. <laughs> just to see some other teams have to deal with some chaos that we've, we've had to endure with coach Eck leaving last year and, you know, coach Schleisner as well. And, yeah, you know, and coach Bert Berge leaving as well. He's done great things at Winona state. So it's, it's the nature of the game, the coaching carousel, but uh, yeah, It'd be nice to see some other teams have to yeah. overcome that adversity. For sure. Cool. Well, man, we've covered some good ground here. I'm excited. I hope everybody enjoys the game tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Shout out again to our sponsors, Cottonwood Coffee in Drake's Place of Bodle, South Dakota. If you guys can, make sure you show up and fill the Dana. Get loud. I will see you there. Let's go. Make your presence known. And before the game, if you need to tailgate, Go hang with the book club and the hair raisers. Um, enjoy some good community, some good drinks, some good eats. And with that, go big, go blue, go, go Jacks. Jacks.
We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We would also like to thank our title sponsors, Drake's Place of Bottle and Cottonwood Coffee and Bistro of Brookings. We would also like to thank our other sponsors, Dakota Iron Equipment of Sioux Falls, Shenanigans Sports Bar and Grill in Sioux Falls, and Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. And as always, Go Jazz!